Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. And what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Deneen, and this is my preview slash prediction show for NXT Heat Wave, taking place in quite literally a matter of minutes. Really excited for it. It's a five-match card, as NXT typically does, three of which are championship matches and two of which are women's matches. So it's still going to be a really good card. A lot of stipulations added uh, to these matches, which we're going to get into, break down all of them. And uh, even Triple H is excited, and it's great to see it. You know, he's been a big, big part, the reason for NXT succeeding so much over the years. I know he really hasn't been a part of this NXT 2.0 era. You know, it's great to see him uh, excited for it, too. He sent out a tweet early Tuesday how hyped up he was for all five of these matches. Literally wrote about a paragraph each uh, for each of these matches and these individual superstars to boot. So I'm going to go through that a little later in the show after my predictions. And I may even sprinkle in a little bit of uh, what took place at, during NXT last week. Uh, for those of you who did not see the show, want to get some quick spark notes leading into these matches tonight uh, as to what happened and what we can look forward to. And so, yeah, this is looking to be a really good show. Again, I'm excited for it. Triple H is excited for it. That makes me uh, happy, to be honest with you, because whenever he's excited for something, you know he's going to deliver. And as we've seen on Raw and SmackDown throughout the course of the past three, three and a half weeks since he's pretty much uh, been running things. So... Yeah, let, let's jump right into it. So for those that are unfamiliar, this is the first time that NXT is doing a Heat Wave show. This is new for them. And I was unaware that Heat Wave is based on a pay-per-view that took place in ECW uh, in the mid to late 90s from 1994 through 2000. So they did it seven years annually. And they had this Heat Wave show in the summer. I'm assuming that it was pretty much their rendition of SummerSlam. And so, so yeah, now NXT has taken it uh, upon themselves to honor that and do NXT Heat Wave, and I love it because they bring they bring such nostalgia to their brand to NXT to WWE by honoring these great names, these great shows, these great pay per views throughout the years. Of course, NXT uh, is taking ECW Heat Wave much like they did the past few years with WCW, taking the Great American Bash, Halloween Havoc, and War Games. Of course, War Games typically took place at Fall Brawl. Uh, but they just do the war games matches now, which is great, and making it their own. And even in your house, they took WWF in your house. That was great from the mid to late 90s on WWF, WWF television uh, and now making it their own. So you got Great American Bash, Halloween Havoc, War Games in your house. And now we have uh, ECW, uh, now NXT Heat Wave. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So really looking forward to it. Going to give you my predictions. And if you want a little history in addition to uh, the whole ECW heat wave bit again, the last one took place 22 years ago and the main event at that heat wave in 2000, uh, that took place on July 16th. It was in the grand Olympic auditorium in Los Angeles, California. And, oh, it was also the final event to be held under the ECW banner in general. It wasn't only the last, uh, heat wave show. So that's also interesting as well. So the main event that took place that night was just incredible with Francine who went up against Tommy Dreamer, who had Jazz by his side. This was a stairway to hell match. 
for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. This went on a little over 12 minutes, and just incredible defeated Tommy Dreamer to get the uh, ECW World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, yeah, so hey, first time in 22 years, we're going to get three great championship matches as well as some very good feuds uh, in addition to that. So you know what? I was going to wait till after the predictions, but I think I'll just jump into this Triple H bit right now because it is it is quite a bit, and I'd rather get that out of the way before I jump into the predictions and so on. So Triple H tweeted out earlier on uh, Tuesday around 1230 or so, there has been a lot of excitement around the WWE Universe on, on Raw and SmackDown, but wanted to share thoughts on the great work the talent and coaches at NXT have been doing and the matches at NXT Heat Wave tonight, uh, of course, adding the USA Network. So first he talks about the North American Championship match uh, taking place. Carmelo Hayes um, going up against uh, formerly known as Fabian Eichner, Giovanni Vinci. He says, consistency is a characteristic of any great performer. Carmelo Hayes has been just that. As NXT North American Champion, he's been equal parts entertaining and impressive in the ring. Talking about Giovanni Vinci here. Knows what it takes to win. Of course, he's with Imperium, Walter, now Gunther. He was with Marcel Bartel, tag team champion in NXT. Now uh, Ludwig Kaiser on SmackDown. Says he knows what it takes to win, and I think this match will be special. I couldn't agree more on that, personally. Then jumps over to the Santos Escobar match going up against Tony D'Angelo. Now, this match is interesting because this is a street fight, and if Escobar wins, he gets to get his faction back uh, and removed from Tony D'Angelo's family. They've been with him since about two or three months, uh, two or three months ago when they had lost uh, to Tony and the family and had to join them by default, unfortunately. So if Escobar wins, Legado del Fantasma is free from the D'Angelo family. However, if D'Angelo wins, Escobar will be banned from NXT. I'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, why I think Santos Escobar being banned, quote-unquote, from NXT isn't the worst thing in the world. Would love to see Legado del Fantasma back as a unit. think they're great. But this could be the opportunity that Santos Escobar needs a la going to Raw or SmackDown, but we'll get into that. So he goes, no matter how experienced you are, leading a group of your peers is difficult. You have to be equal parts teammate and visionary, in capital letters, both. Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo have thrived in that role and have discovered a lot about themselves in this process. Jumping over to former best friends, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Of course, Cora Jade turned on her former friend, former NXT uh, Women's Tag Team Champion partner, Roxanne Perez on my birthday, July 12th, uh, during Roxanne Perez's NXT Women's Championship match against Mandy Rose. Jealousy, unfortunately, divided it. And so he goes on to say about this match, you don't fight with anyone harder than your best friend. Then he, he tweeted, right, Shawn Michaels? They had great rivalries over the years, of course, as we all know. He goes, for both Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, the sky's the limit. And while this match may seem, a per seem like a personal vendetta, I think it is just the beginning of another fabled tale of NXT's women's division. I couldn't agree more. And it's, I feel like this is going to even trickle over onto the, onto the main roster for years to come. There, I feel like this is one of those friendships uh, or, or relationships rather that will go from being best friends to bitter enemies and vice versa. And that's the best thing about pro wrestling. Things are ever changing. Maybe next time Roxanne's the heel and, and Cora Jade's the baby face getting the sympathy of the crowd. So you just never know. And that's what we all love. Then he tweets out, for the NXT Women's Championship match, we have Zoe, Star uh, Zoe Stark coming back from an MCL and ACL injury, major injury that she sustained back at Halloween Havoc in October. She returned three weeks ago to win the Battle Royale for the number one contender spot for this match taking place tonight. 
So Triple H goes on to say, Zoe Stark, she has a her week is packed. Not only does she tag with Nikita Lyons Friday night at SmackDown for the women's tag team title tournament, but tonight she faces Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. Another massive step in her growth and development. But since coming to NXT, Mandy Rose has demonstrated to everyone the kind of dedication she has always brought to her career. In what is now a record range, she has solidified her position at the top of the women's division, and for good reason. Now, Mandy Rose is somewhere in the the territory of third or fourth longest reigning NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she's obviously held held it for the better part of 10 months, so impressive. Toxic Attraction's been doing their thing on NXT 2.0. We can't discount that. And uh, yeah, so that, I think we went through, what, three, four of the matches. So then he goes on to talk about the uh, NXT uh, championship match. We had Braun Breaker defending his title against J.D. McDonough, formerly known as Jordan Devlin. So he says, the list of NXT champions features competitors throughout the entirety of our industry's landscape. Braun Breaker, to many, was thrusted into his role as top dog. I, I like how he used that term- terminology, being that his father is Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin, one half of the Steiner brothers, as we all know, in WWF, WCW, etc. Anyway, thrust into his role as top dog, but has grown immensely as not only the person with the title, but a student of the game. But um, bump Triple H, the game. All the while, J.D. McDonough continues to level up. The audience is familiar with his skill in the ring, his journey through NXT UK, and the passion and guts he brings to each performance. He's entered into a new landscape and embraced it. I'm excited to see these two tonight. So he, then he, he finishes off here with saying, so good luck to each and every performer tonight on NXT Heatwave. Be sure to tune in tonight, 8 p.m. on the USA Network. That pretty much sums it up. That was all five matches, and uh, I thought that was really nice of him. Really, really nice of him to uh, write that. And, you know, I know those are the five uh, main matches. I feel like there was another one. I thought there was something involving Diamond Mine. I could be completely wrong. I thought we were going to see the Creed Brothers or Roderick Strong. I had seen somebody write on Twitter earlier today uh, saying that this could potentially be the last time we see Roderick Strong in an an NXT ring. That is, if he uh, is to go to Raw or SmackDown potentially. Or, you know, I I don't know, um, you know, if Triple H is going to be more lenient, it's been said for months that Roderick Strong wants out of his contract, wants to leave the company and maybe join AEW. I mean, the other three-fourths of Undisputed Era, now Undisputed Elite, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly are over there. Maybe maybe he's interested in going over there, but maybe that Vince McMahon's out. Things are a little different. Triple H is running things. Maybe he will make it work on the main roster, maybe go to a Raw or SmackDown and be at peace, be happy. Who knows? Obviously, his wife is with AEW, Marina Shafir, so maybe he just wants to get over there, you know, much like Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Maybe he just wants to kind of just enjoy his life uh, and be with family and do that kind of thing, which I would respect either way. So regardless, this could be the last time Roderick Strong is in an NXT ring, whether it be, uh, again, just leaving NXT, going to Raw or SmackDown, leaving the company, going to AEW. Who knows? Who knows what he may have worked out uh, with Triple H behind the scenes. But I found that to be pretty interesting, uh, to say the least. So why don't we get into uh, my predictions? Then we'll go over a little bit of last week's show leading into tonight. And that sums it up. And then you go enjoy the show. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll do a review or post show sometime this week of NXT Heatwave. So why don't we start off with the 
the former best friends, Roxanne Perez and Cora J. This match is going to be great. There's going to be a lot of tenacity, a lot of emotions going on, a lot of uh, anger, sadness, rage. Again, they were former NXT Women's Tag Team Champions and had Cora J not turned on Roxanne just a little over a month ago, I think they would still be uh, champions very much so. And uh, while I'm talking about that topic, uh, shout out to the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. We got uh, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. Boy, they've been in NXT for quite some time, at least better part of four, maybe five years. They've been a tag team for the better part of three years. And after three years of being a team, they finally got it done. And what's so cool about that is they are actually great friends. Dare I say best of friends off screen. You see it on their Instagram and social media profiles. They're always out and about together. So uh, what better way than to win your first championships on the roster with your best friend? Legitimate best friends. The irony, right? So from former best friends, now bitter rivals in Roxanne Perez and Cora J to legit best friends that I, I think there's absolutely zero chance of one of them turning on each other, at least in the foreseeable future. So this match, this feud could very well go on past NXT Heatwave. Uh, honestly, like Triple H mentioned, talking about uh, him and Shawn Michaels throughout the years, which is very interesting. Again, this feud could go on not just through NXT, it could go on the main roster from years to, for years to come. So picking a winner here, I got to go with Roxanne Perez. I do think she seeks revenge. I think she gets the job done. It's a feel-good moment. Uh, after you know them having to vacate the titles, having that little tournament a few weeks ago for the titles, and um, also, of course, ruining Roxanne uh, Perez's chance at winning the NXT Women's Championship um, from Mandy Rose just a few weeks ago. So I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez, final answer. So let's go over to this street fight. Again, if Escobar wins, Legado Del Fantasma is free from the D'Angelo family. D'Angelo wins, Escobar, Escobar will be banned from NXT 2.0. Personally, I'd love to see Santos Escobar win this match. Don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, Tony D'Angelo gets the victory. And again, this is in the the long term or short term, very near future. We could see Santos on Raw or SmackDown the next week. Who knows? But I would love to see Santos lose only for the simple fact. As much as I'd like to see Legado Del Fantasma back together as a unit, I would love to see him finally get that opportunity on a Raw or a SmackDown. Would love to see him mix it up, mix it up with those guys. And although I'd love to see Bobby Lashley and Gunther um, at summer at Survivor Series, rather, uh, going one-on-one, Bobby Lashley, United States Champion, Gunther, Intercontinental Champion, can they both hold on to those titles through November to have that one-on-one match? I kind of hope so. Would love to see that battle. But after that, I could definitely see Santos Escobar uh, dominating the mid-card, really having some great matches, and of course, uh, becoming uh, a champion in the mid-card, whether it's a United States champion, Intercontinental champion, depending upon what brand he goes to, he could have some outstanding feuds. Do I think he could one day become world champion? Potentially. But in the, but right now, and in the next, I'll say the next year, year and a half, I could definitely see him uh, getting gold, US or IC. So simply put, I hate to say it, Santos, but I think it's better for the long run. I got to go with Tony D'Angelo getting the victory at Heat Wave. Next up, we have the NXT North American Championship here. We have Carmelo Hayes, two-time uh, North American champion here with Trick Williams going up against Giovanni Vinci. Now, this this is an interesting one. It really is. You know, the last time Carmelo lost his title was WrestleMania weekend in that ladder match. There was four or five men in that match, and that was, of course, when Cameron Grimes uh, won that match to become North American champion. 
Of course, since then, Carmelo Hayes has got it back from him. And here we are. Giovanni Vinci, I think this is the perfect time to put the title on him. He has a great look. Uh, wasn't a big fan of having all these guys and gals with new names being repackaged, whether it's on NXT, whether it's on the main roster. But I got to say, Giovanni Vinci, uh, he fits this role like a glove. Um, and I'd love to see him as as NXT North American champion. So simply put, uh, I got to go with Giovanni Vinci, the new NXT North American champion. Uh, but we're in for a great match either way. It's a win-win. Now, I do find it interesting that uh, SmackDown on SmackDown this past week, we got to see the return of Hit Row. And although I am reading that WWE is looking to keep them as baby faces, when they were brought up to the main roster a few months back before they were released, if I'm not mistaken, they were playing more of a heel group with uh, Isaiah Swerve Strickland. Uh, well, Isaiah Swerve Scott, now he's Swerve Strickland on AEW, one half of the uh, AEW World Tag Team Champions with Keith Lee. So now Hit Row returns, one less person with uh, Swerve Strickland being on AEW. You had, um, you know, uh, B-Fab, Brianna Brady, uh, AJ Francis, Top Dollar. And, uh, of course, uh, forgive me, what's what's the uh, Ashanti Adonis, the third member of Hit Row. And so although I think they are good as a group, I do see um, the reason I'm bringing them up is I think there's going to be a, another member to that group. And, I, and it, it piques my curiosity. Because although they're being booked as baby faces, I could certainly see if a Giovanni Vinci wins this North American Championship that potentially you could see a Carmelo Hayes. And I'm assuming they would bring Trick Williams with him. I don't know, but I could see them uh, coming to SmackDown, maybe joining that group. Now, the only holdup there is that uh, Carmelo Hayes is a heel. And again, if, the, if Hit Row is being booked as baby faces, obviously not sure how that would work. But if he does lose his title, I could see him being brought up to the main roster very soon. I think he would fit that role very well. Carmelo Hayes is a good spokesperson, great on the mic, a good leader. I think he would, he would lead that group uh, very well. Another interesting thing I noticed this past Monday, of course, I, I believe this was Instagram. You may have put it on Twitter as well. Leo Rush, I know that name rings a bell. He was with AEW recently. He was with New Japan within the last year or two. Of course, he was with, with WWE and NXT a couple of years ago, a former NXT Cruiserweight champion, as a matter of fact. I say what you want about Leo Rush. I know he always seems to be in the news, uh, but I could see them bringing back a Leo Rush. And, and talking about the social media profile, Leo Rush tweeted a photo of him alongside Bobby Lashley, of course, back in late 2018, early 2019. Of course, this was before uh, Lashley had the storyline with Lana of course, before he joined up with MVP in the Hurt Business. And MVP, of course, revived Lashley's career, U.S. champion, two-time WWE champion, etc. I could see maybe, I could see Triple H bringing back a Leo Rush. And again, I could see Leo Rush part of Hit Row. I could see him being great uh, as a spokesperson on the microphone. So simply put, I could see a Leo Rush or a Carmelo Hayes being the front man for Hit Row, being the guy on the mic. I think the other guys are good. Shante Adonis. Uh, Brianna Brady, B-Fab, she, she's actually very good on the, on the microphone as well. Uh, Top Dalla, he does his thing as well. But I think possibly because we're just so used to it over the last year on NXT and SmackDown, them having Isaiah Swerve Scott with them, uh, of course, the guy in the group, that I, I could see them getting another front man again. But that's just my personal opinion. Let's go to the NXT Women's Championship match where we have Mandy Rose. Again, she's either the third or fourth uh, longest reigning NXT Women's Champion of all time. 10 months now going up against um, 
Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark is uh, got a big week ahead of her. She's got this NXT Women's Championship match tonight, as Triple H alluded to, and he's te- and she's teaming up with uh, Nikita Lyons later this week in the WWE Women's World Tag Team Championship Tournament. They are the only two from NXT that were pulled up for this tournament. We had four teams for Raw, three for SmackDown, and it seems like they are the fourth and final team filling in the SmackDown side of things. Very big week, but to be honest with you, I could care less how her and Nikita do in the SmackDown, uh, on SmackDown rather, in that tag tournament. It'll be very great to see them, see them on SmackDown, uh, vying for an an opportunity to make it to the second round of that tournament. I forget who they're going up against. It slips my my mind right now. Um, I think they're going up against Natalia and Sonya Deville. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Natalia, Sonya Deville versus them. And as much as I can see them winning, I think the, the focal point here is I think that Zoe Stark is the right person to take this uh, NXT Women's Championship off of Mandy Rose. I think she's primed. I think she's ready. Again, coming back from an MCL, ACL tear 10 months ago. Uh, she literally has been hurt since Mandy Rose won that championship. I think this would be would be huge. I think she would be a great champion. She looks fantastic. And um, she's hungry. I love the hunger. I love the tenacity, the fierceness. I think Zoe Stark would be a great NXT Women's Champion. So simply put, regardless what the outcome is, I got to go with Zoe Stark, the new NXT Women's Champion. So, so far, I got both titles changing. You know, I got Giovanni Vinci winning the North American Championship. I got Zoe Stark coming in here, winning the NXT Women's Championship. And of course, that leads us to the fifth and final match of the night. This is for Braun Breaker's NXT Championship. This is going to be great. J.D. McDonough. He's got a few screws loose. He's nuts. Obviously, Braun Breaker is much bigger in stature and size and strength. J.D. McDonough is nuts. As we saw in the, the contract signing or whatever they refer to it as, the summit a week or two ago at NXT, uh, he wrote he signed his name in blood, in his own blood, uh, for the contract. So you know he's not all there. This is going to be a crazy match. It's going to be a great match, a very good match. But I think when it's all said and done, I think, and still, your NXT champion, Braun Breaker, simply put. It's not much more to it. I think he still retains. I think he still goes on uh, as champion because, quite frankly, I think, um, you know, we've, we've seen Braun earlier this year on Raw for a few matches, and I, I don't see him ready for the, you know, main stage yet. Uh, I mean, he's got a great look, a great entrance, and all that. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's so much if Braun's ready or not for Raw or SmackDown. I just don't necessarily see where he would fit in right now to the pieces of the puzzle. Triple H is doing so much more, uh, so much reorganizing now, whether it's bringing talent back, bringing people up, pushing people that have been in catering, uh, making sense of things in the men's and the women's division on both Raw and SmackDown. There's so much fine-tuning. I think he should just focus on that right now, which he really is. I mean, hey, who the hell am I? But I think he's doing a great job. But simply put, I think keeping Braun Breaker as the NXT champion if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, uh, J.D. McDonough is a very formidable opponent, but I don't I don't see there being any reason for Braun to lose his title because if he loses his title, and then what? You know, what's he going to be doing on NXT? I think he just needs to be there as the champion. He's not going to be vying for tag team gold with a partner. Not going to be vying for the NXT North American Championship, and although those are all prestigious titles, what he has now, the NXT Championship, is the title. Why take it off of him? So I think it makes sense. If you're not going to plug him into Raw or SmackDown quite yet, which I don't think would make sense, 
let him continue to dominate NXT for a little longer. I don't see why not. I don't see what the rush is. I'm not sure of his age, but I know he is on the younger side. And again, he's gotten very good throughout the last year, whether it was matches with early on with Champa and uh, Ziggler around WrestleMania weekend, now fighting McDonough. He's getting better and better and seemingly more comfortable on the microphone, in the ring, and I think just just leave him leave him as such for now. So those are the five matches that are certainly taking place. Again, there might be a match uh, regarding Diamond Mine, Roderick Strong, Creed Brothers. I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it here uh, listed. But if there is, we'll see what's going to go on with Roderick Strong. He, he may have a match with Apollo uh, Crews because they've been teasing that the last few weeks. Apollo Crews, as they opened up the show last week, has been giving the Creed Brothers advice, going over tape, going over their matches. Roderick Strong isn't happy about it. Of course, you know, Diamond Mine has been basically babyfaces the last couple of months. Roderick Strong has still been a very strong heel, uh, disagreeing with whatever they're saying or doing. So that, that's that been pretty interesting to see. Now, the thing I wasn't a big fan of, I'm going to go to a few points of NXT from last week, and then I'm going to get out of here as you guys could, well, we all could go enjoy the show. I wasn't a big fan of that rounds match they had last week. You know, we saw Trick Williams going up against Wesley. It was similar to the... Uh, the brawl for all that we got to see in June of June through August of 1998, that good old Vince Russo creation where there was several injuries that occurred. Uh, Bark gun and the smoking guns had actually won it. <clears throat> However, at WrestleMania 15, Butterbean versus Bark gun uh, took away all kinds of legitimacy for whoever were to have won that tournament, which of, of course was Bark gun uh, where Butterbean seemingly knocked Bark gun out in a matter of moments. Uh, you know, so that was pretty much that. They never did it again, and it was kind of pointless. So the way this match went was there was there was six three-minute rounds, a 20-second break between rounds. Falls can be won by pinfall, submission, or countout. Uh, once a fall occurred, the round would end. First superstar to win two falls, of course, would be declared the winner. And in the event of a disqualification or knockout, the match is instantly over. So again, this is brawl for all written all over it. I'm glad this isn't going to be a weekly thing. I'm certainly glad this isn't on the NXT heat wave. It's a trick Williams versus Wesley, AKA tricky trick. Willie, he calls himself. Um, Hayes interfered and Williams was able to get the first pinfall in round two. Now, Wesley got the pinfall in round four. Of course it was uh, one on one and one, whoever were to get the next one would win it all. And going into round five, I believe it was Wesley knocked out Williams uh, to win it. So that was that. After that, we had Giovanni Vinci <clears throat> coming out and saying to Mello that he had an open challenge from at Heatwave next week uh, for the NXT North American Championship, which we all know uh, is what we got tonight. It's going to be great. Um, no more to really say about that. Again, I talked about the summit between Brown Breaker and J.D. McDonough. They've had a video package for it. And, you know, it's just a very exciting match we got going on here. So, Again, Apollo Crews did fight Roderick Strong last week. I'm not sure if there is going to be a rematch tonight, but Apollo Crews got the win last week from Roderick Strong. It was enjoyable, technically sound match. Uh, now, Roddy was upset that the Diamond Mine wasn't ringside to help, but he got a taste of his own medicine, right? Uh, he wasn't there for the Creed Brothers the week prior. He made up a he made up a bunch of excuses saying it was for their own good. It was a test. You know, last week they had one final meeting that Santos Escobar, Tony D'Angelo were speaking about uh, this street fight that we're going to have to later tonight. Again, the stipulation is if Escobar should lose to D'Angelo at Heat Wave, he will be gone from NXT. But 
you know, if he wins somehow, some way, which I don't see happening, but uh, Legato will be free from the family. And after that, we got a toxic attraction video package. Um, you know, a slight tweak to their presentation, it seems. Uh, maybe not so much Mandy Rose, but it seems like uh, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, they may be changing them up a bit. You know, they, they might be tweaking them. I don't know exactly what that means. A uh, little more rough around the edges. I mean, I thought they couldn't get much more rough around the edges in every which way, but it seems like they're going to change them up a bit. So now we had a Cora Jade versus Zoe Stark match, which was pretty good. We had Mandy Rose on commentary uh, saying how she's approaching 300 days as the NXT Women's Champion. Now, as of as of this podcast, you know, I want to say it's around the 293-day uh, reign. And according to my uh, prediction, I have Zoe Stark winning. Zoe Stark also beat Cora Jade, by the way, on Tuesday night. But tonight, I do see Zoe Stark uh, defeating Mandy Rose, like I mentioned, and I don't quite think Mandy Rose is going to make it to 300 days. I mean, if she does, so be it. Maybe we have, maybe we'll possibly have a rematch, uh, the next themed show, um, or maybe on an episode of NXT 2.0 in the coming weeks, where Zoe takes it from her. I do think she's going to take it from her tonight, but maybe they let, uh, rather, maybe they allow Mandy Rose to get the 300 days, because what, a week from now should be around there, 300 days or so, and then Maybe once she reaches that, uh, you know, if she is to win, let's say somebody from Toxic Attraction comes out, whether it's Gigi or JC and they cheat, ref doesn't see it, obviously, Mandy retains, you know, a management goes back and sees the clip and they, they reward Zoe with a rematch due to interference. And maybe that's how Zoe Stark eventually takes it off her. So we'll see. We'll see. 300 days will be quite a feat. I don't think it's going to happen. That was that. That that was a very interesting segment, by the way, too. There was a lot going on. You know, Mandy Rose uh, was on commentary after she had, after Zoe defeated uh, uh, Cora Jade. Mandy Rose tried to interfere. Roxanne Perez showed up. It was crazy. Uh, she was obviously going after Cora Jade. Um, you know, Rose attempted a, an attack on Stark as soon as the match ended, only to be met with a super kick and Stark's finisher, which surprisingly does not have a name to it. Uh, onto the women's title, which a lot of people were very concerned if uh, if Manny Rose was injured. But she said then the very next day on Instagram and social media that she was, in fact, okay and she'll be good for the, champion, the championship match coming up uh, tonight in just a matter of moments. So now regarding toxic attraction, as I was speaking about just a little while ago, uh, JC Jane had a very interesting tweet last week. She went out and wrote, change is coming. Now, again, I don't know if this this tweet is regarding... Uh, in regards, rather, to a, a a tweak of character of her and Gigi Dolan, which seemingly the video package showed last week on NXT. Could it mean that they are going to Raw or SmackDown? Will will they specifically just be Toxic Attraction, just the two of them? Is Mandy Rose, or, or, or them two and Mandy Rose going to go their separate ways? It's very interesting. So she wrote, Change is coming. What I also thought was very uh, intriguing was, Bailey Bailey put out a tweet last week and she said, did I mention how talented JC Jane is? She goes, that idiot is fun to watch. Let me know if you feel like being a champ again. Obviously alluding to potentially joining her group. We have Bailey, we have Dakota Kai, and of course, um, EO Sky, formerly known as EO Shirai. You know, the NXT, the former, the former NXT gang up there on Monday Night Raw, making their way to round two of the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship uh, title tournament. Coming up next week, uh, we got to see that uh, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. lost 
to Alexa Bliss and Asuka. So we're going to see Dakota Kai and Io Sky go up against Asuka and Alexa Bliss next week on Raw, which should be a very good match. So it piques my interest. Will Gigi and JC join Bailey's group? Uh, will JC just join the group? I don't know. So I I, I found that to be uh, I found that to be very notable, uh, to say the least. Now, referring to Zoe Stark, right? We're talking about her her move and her finisher. I think it's phenomenal, and it doesn't have a name. Now, a recent article said, you know, Stark her if you're unfamiliar with her finisher, it's basically she does sweet chin music staggers the opponent she grabs hold of the opponent and launches them head over heels backwards into a lethal knee lift which then whoever is on the receiving end is nearly upside down again as they fall helplessly down to the mat uh knocked out from the knee lift and the uh, vertigo inducing backflip so you know we got to get a finisher name for this uh it's just way too good uh to not have one you know another note that we had in regards to nxt uh, this past week solo sokoa it was said during a backstage segment that Solo Sokoa, uh, he was tended to in a trainer's room, and he was informed that he suffered a sprained PCL during last week's False Count Anywhere match uh, up against Von Wagner. Solo asked, what does this mean? And he was told that his knee is not torn or broken. However, it is sprained. Now, we all know that it's never good to, have, to get a tear or a break, but a sprain could be just as irritating, if not worse, because it's a nagging injury somewhere in between obviously it's not simply broken and can be healed it may just linger that's why sprains can be a pain anyway uh the trainer told sokoa that he will be on the shelf for potentially four to six weeks obviously that did not sit well with him and uh so we'll see what happens he he tweeted out i'm good however banged up but uh i am i am good on to the next one so he wrote i'll be back uh and this knee injury ain't nothing so uh speedy recovery i'm assuming this isn't storyline it sounds like it's a legitimate injury they did have quite the brawl two weeks ago on nxt in the ring in the crowd in the parking lot uh, solo even got thrown into a dumpster who knows maybe that's where he actually got injured so uh regardless uh, all the best to him and hopefully we'll see him back in the ring soon hopefully he'll be uh, actually brought back to nxt if not maybe he'll be maybe he'll be uh, brought with his brothers jimmy and jay as part of the bloodline. Obviously, that's been teased and talked about for months. Now, however, Solosokoa has been a babyface since he's been with NXT the past year, and obviously the bloodline are heels, but almost making their way to becoming babyfaces uh, by default. The crowd's the crowd's been big for Roman and the Usos, but it seems like um I don't know, they're 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 seemingly making their way to face territory. Kind of reminds me of the New Day back in 2015. They were heels when they when they first came together, late 2014, the majority of 2015. I want to say like very late 2015, early 2016. Uh, whether the New Day liked it or not, whether WWE, creative, management, etc., executives liked it or not, uh, the crowd did not care. That chant went from uh, New Day sucks uh, to New Day rocks. They ended up sing- singing it along, singing along with uh, New Day, even though they were irritating, obnoxious heels for so long. And they've been baby faces ever since, essentially. So it seems like that's just the direction that this other group of three men are heading in, the bloodline. You know, and before I get out of here, again, referring to another tweet from NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes. After the debut, or shall I say the return of Hit Row this past Friday on SmackDown, he tweeted out, I am not taking my talents to Hit Row, but shout out to them, though. Three fire emojis. 
But you never know. Again, like I said, Carmelo Hayes, of course, being portrayed as a heel for the vast majority of his time on NXT on NXT the last year and a half, especially when he joined forces with uh, Trick Williams since NXT 2.0 came about. You know, if he is brought to a hit row, I would not be completely surprised. And doesn't mean hit row immediately turns heel. If they're planning on booking them as baby faces, you could very easily pencil Carmelo Hayes in as a baby face. You know, he's got the swagger, the demeanor. He could still have that edge to him uh, just in a babyface capacity. And I, I, know, I don't just think, I know that could work. If you were to ask me, would you rather see Leo Rush or Carmelo Hayes as the front man, the spokesperson for Hit Row, I would have to say, as much as I do like Leo Rush, I think that Carmelo Hayes would be better suited for this lead role with Hit Row. I think he's would just be a better smooth operator. I don't know, something about Leo Rush just just scream singles superstar you know i i could see him maybe in a tag team capacity but leo rush i think is best suited on his own whereas i could see i could see carmelo hayes still being a singles wrestler uh but as part of this faction with hit row i think he'd be a perfect fit uh i guess you could say and it would be very ironic too you know carmelo hayes filling the void of the you know the the former fourth man of that group being uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott now Swerve Strickland with AEW as I mentioned and what's so ironic about it is if you remember on NXT right before Hit Row got bumped up to SmackDown uh, Carmelo Hayes cashed in his contract he cashed in his his, his title opportunity contract his breakout tournament contract to uh, go up against Isaiah Swerve Scott for the NXT North American Championship he cashed in immediately following uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott defeating Santos Escobar many months ago better part of a year ago so you know that would that would be very ironic you know he he had defeated swerve in his final nxt match for that championship that he still holds now and if he were to drop to a giovanni vinci tonight this would be the perfect time to bring him up to smackdown not only smackdown but have him fill that role as quote unquote lead man the spokesperson of hit row i think it would be a great move Again, I don't know what you do with Trick Williams. Would I necessarily bring him? I wouldn't. Especially if you're keeping Hit Row as baby faces. That's how you're booking them going forward. I wouldn't bring up Trick. Trick just seems like a natural heel to me. You know, I, Carmelo Hayes is definitely fits a heel role great, but I, I feel like he would transfer over to babyface much better than a Trick Williams would. I would keep him in NXT. Plus, if we're just talking about in-ring ability, Carmelo Hayes is ready for SmackDown or, or Monday Night Raw. Trick Williams, not so much. You know, if we're talking professional wrestling-wise, Trick needs to spend some time in NXT. It's no knock to him. It's just the fact of the matter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Again, this is the NXT Heat Wave Preview Predictions episode, and I'll see you next time. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.